This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. remember the big moments in the movies we see, the big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, and the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is Geronimo, an American legend. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata. I'm your gracious host. Alongside me, the bespectacled, bewinged, bewildered, buzzsaw, bitchcraft, super underworked and overpaid, Lord of the Pubis himself, Justin Waddell. What's going on, sir? Oh, man. My son told me a joke right before this. You want to hear it? What happened when Thor missed a nail with, with his hammer, with Mjolnir? How do you say his name? How do you say that? Mjolnir. Mjolnir. What happened when he missed the nail? Tell me. He got a Thor thumb. So then I tried to explain to my son that he always has a Thor thumb. He's Thor, right? And then my son isn't talking to me. You like that one? Yeah, I do. You should have said to your son, Charlie, uh, what would Thor... Now, if he was a gardener, they'd say he had a green thumb, right? Mm -hmm. Thor, what if he was a gardener, but he only did trees? What would he have? I don't know. Thor birch. (laughs) I will tell him that one as soon as he wakes up. And be like, is she the one from Patriot Games who needed her spleen replaced? Does that happen in the movie or is this real life? In the movie. Thora Birch, a little bit of a complicated actress. Her dad was very prevalent on the set. And doesn't she come from, like, her? both her parents were adult film stars at one point. I think it's true. And I think her dad was, like, her manager and kind of screwed up her career a little bit. She's been working a little bit lately, so she's kind of back. What was her first adult role? First adult role? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, she was in Ghost World, but she was still a teenager, right? What's her big movie? I mean, Ghost World and American Beauty. Those are her two big okay. movies, and well, she no. was kind of poised. Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger is their correct answer. <laughs> those, those are <laughs> when she was a, just a tiny, tiny little kid bump around the set. Was it? No, she wasn't in. I get her mixed up sometime with. Um, Same here. The girl in Lethal Weapon. Or in, uh, not Lethal Weapon. Um, the Last Boy Scout, but that's not. That's what's her face. Yeah, it's from. Let's see, Josh Whedon acolyte. No, the girl from uh, the Friday. Th- she's in the Halloween movies. Some of the Halloween movies. What's her name? Danielle Harris. Something. Danielle Harris. Yeah. Oh, wait, which was the one with uh, the girl from Buffy? She was. It was she in True Lies? Was that the one she was in? Oh yeah, yeah. I think she was in True Lies. Yeah, I get those. All those. Maybe. Yeah. What's her name? It starts with an E. God, I'm getting old. Was her, she had her own show, Cat House or something like what was it called? Like the She had that Whedon show that was on for like two seasons. Yeah. It starts with Dollhouse. Dollhouse. Yeah, Dollhouse. Ezra and she was in uh, Bring It On. Ezra Ezra Sizzlesack. Uh, Eliza Dushku. Right. Eliza Dushku. Right. Dushku. I don't know how to say it. We got there. We got we now we're nailing this beginning. How how's your trip? You're you're away from yeah. home. Yeah, I just got I just got to the uh side of the sea. 
So you're in Florida. I am, but willingly, willingly went to Florida. Something what's, what's, very what's strange. Some strange happened. I was very, it was very, it was weirded out. Uh, people wearing masks here. Super, Florida? super weird. Super weird to see that in Florida. So is that true? Or are you making it up? Sirius is a hard on man. Well, I think the people are trying to wear masks there, but their officials down there are kind of against it. Life goes on. No, just kind of, you know, aching it, aching it out in the, in the silence zone and just chilling out with the crabs and clams. What about you? What's going on? Anything special? No, you know, nothing. Nothing. I'm just, you know, kind of stretching out. Just took my walk, my walk for a dog, dog for a walk. And I saw someone, this is interesting, came across a broken retainer box or, you know, like a, someone had run over a box that held like a mouth guard in it. It's awesome. It's a, this is good to share. That's showing up on a true crime story any day now. A little, bit, a little bit of a bad omen whenever you come across destroyed dentalware. Yeah, they, 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 they weren't able to find the body. They just found her, her dental piece. Her, huh? Could have been a dude. Who kills kids? It was in a blue case, if that gives you any indication. Oh, yeah. I think if it was a woman, it would have been in a pink case. Not, like, not, I mean, not in 2021, baby. Excuse me. You're free to well, choose. You You're free to choose. Here's another thing. Let me let me say this. This is getting off to a rollicking start. This is 150, baby. Mm-hmm. This is ap- this is episode 150. That's a that's a milestone. Yep. H- how are you celebrating? Is that why you went on vacation? No. I mean, we we willed ourselves into existence, and and the uh, fans are keeping us there. You know, we keep going for 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 reasons. Right. What does it come down to? What do you think? What do you think it boils down to for us? Just Why maintaining our lifestyle, you know, just keeping mm-hmm. this cush gig going, sleepwalking through it at this point. But got bills to pay, mouths to feed. You I know. like to think of this, you know, someday up there on like a panel, on a podcast panel, like Mark Marin, you know, up yeah. there, you know, Jason Bateman. Uh, who's who's some other ones? Who give me some more? I can't think of any more. Uh, Pippa Lee. You got Strom Thurmond. You got Square Donut. You got. Um, Steve Irwin's son. I mean, there's a lot of fuckers out there killing it. Yeah, and then us. Like, I think it'd be nice to have us off to the side, like right at the end of the table. And it's like a panel. And they sh- they shoot in podcast questions like, what's it like to record a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and then we could chime in. Yeah, you know? yeah. Lotion Critic. He's up. <laughs> Who's your favorite advertiser on your show? Man, it's tough, man. It's tough between, you know, most people have, you know, like what Squarespace or, you know, all sorts of cool things. And we're like, uh, we just got a, a cush, cush a contract with jaundice rub, you know, like, <laughs> it's like a, <laughs> the, the, we should, we should go like the right wing, have the right wing talk show host. They'll, they'll, they'll pitch like multivitamins or something, supplements, supplements. Maybe we can do some supplements. It's like easy money, you know? A lot of people, I think Roman is probably one of the big advertisers, right? And Bombas. Bombas are closed, though. Bombas is, that, is that socks they're... where every, every pair socks. they sell, they make a shittier one and they give it to the homeless or whatever. And then <laughs> Roman is where they give you a, a big dick when you need it most. And for <laughs> weeks at a time, you know? <laughs> I, wish we, I wish we would have an advertiser. I, I'll be honest, guys. I want, I want, I want to be one of those people and say, you know, awkwardly fit in, you know, one of those ads. Like, what are you talking about, Roman, the big dick ad? Yeah, it's like, yeah, awkwardly read their, read their, um, their words, their, their ad to the public. You know, we're like, what's your favorite Roman? And you're in, and you're in, and you're, and you're like Nick in history. What are you talking about Titus Andronicus? I mean, what are we talking about here? And I'm like, no, like, what's your favorite Roman Clef that I've delivered in one of our episodes? And then people click off the uh, app. <laughs> 
Uh, I think we should. I mean, we're growing. We're doing great. Uh, our listeners listen to some of it, you know. <laughs> do you think, do you think uh, they turn it on? They're like, oh, God, not this again. Yeah, you know? they're multitasking for sure. You know, right. a lot of people do podcasts in very spe- specific routines. You know, I'd like to mm-hmm. think of, um, you know, some of our I, I've been told some of our listeners listen to us while they're doing their daily walks. Some of them on their commute, like Blake always sends us a photo of it in his car. Right, he's always listen, he's always in the car. Mm-hmm. And then we've got a we've got a listener in uh, Hungary who sends me uh, encoded texts, uh, and he is uh, he's got it on a boombox. He's he's got it plugged manually with RCA cables into a boombox awesome. as he draws and quarters his innocent victims, which I think is cool. <laughs> it is cool. Well, and you know what? I, I'm not going to judge as long as he listens to our show. Right. He gets a little grumpy uh, whenever we talk about uh, Wolf Creek, you know, John Jarrett, my dick, my giant Roman engorged dick. <laughs> Man, we're doing ads that. for them already. I can't believe it. I know. It. I can't wait. So is this a real company, by the way? Yeah, Roman. It's Yeah, that's they're everywhere. I don't under, I don't know what they are. Like, what, what's, what is th- their it, product? It, it's a penal enhancement. I think it's erectile dysfunction stuff. And the commercials are all the son and the father. Like, the son was having dick dreams. And, he, and his father, I don't know if his father was the doctor. Maybe his father was the doctor. And they partnered on a dick-saving uh, pill or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so they do these awkward commercials together where the father knows way too much about his son's dick. I mean, it would be a perfect, if, if they did you know, say, Hey, would you, we're going to buy some space on your show. It'd be a perfect episode to introduce them as a sponsor of the Geronimo <laughs> American legend episode. <laughs> I mean, I guess the U S government acts like a big dick in this movie. Zoom in. <laughs> but getting back to what we're talking about here, Nick, do you ever get sick of listening to a podcast that you like? Do you ever go, eh, of what, yeah, there's certain ones that I get tired of for sure. Mm-hmm. But not this one. Is there certain ones that you, that you can't miss a week of like you, it's like just your, you do it every week. You listen to it every week or every, every, if it's twice a week, twice a week. Not anymore. Yeah. Like when they had the uh, DC Sniper one, the what is it, the Monster Series? They did the one on Zodiac and then they did the one on the DC Snipers. That Those were unmissable. Everything else is a case on whether the guest is, is interesting enough to me or if um, if it's uh, if the crime is interesting. Because it's only true crime. And, this is uh, all you listen to is true crime, huh? And then, you know, like the comedy interview shows. That's not cool. Like I saw our podcast and several apps were late. It was labeled true crime. You know, I could, I couldn't listen to a movie podcast if I, if at gunpoint really, uh, other than this one, I really couldn't. Well, you listen to the empire podcast. Sometimes I do too. Oh my God. That's I listen to every episode of that. Yeah. Those guys are great, but I don't and, consider them. Those are like, those are like, I consider Chris Hewitt, like a, a friend. And I mean, I've known yeah. him for 20 years. Like he's a, he's a good dude, but I, a I really funny dude. Yeah. I, I don't believe in the modern approach is what I was, where I was more, leaning and empire i mean those guys are huge fans of us well i mean Films. they're they're fans in absentia like like they're it's preserved yeah. because many, they don't know we exist we have many fans in absentia absentia ladies and gentlemen it's a movie microscope is a show where we zoom in we watch a film through mistrusted defeated sad eyes and squint till the corners are chandler-esque kyle not raymond and walk amidst the sagebrush until the birds come quack and then shit out the heat the glove and punch the rims until the real burlesque sock comes on watch a film through chiaroscuro <laughs> burning cross eyes and share with the likes of you the listeners see what makes or breaks if we're talking about love potion number nine we went talking about the scene where sandy bull drinks love lotion number nine accidentally winds up with a few hands in her talk about the little moments <laughs> she drinks lotion 
And there's a I'm trying to go as you go through this, I'm trying to Google this product, Roman. You're gonna M E N R O M A N. It's the hugest thing in the world. I don't see it. Getroman.com. You've been there. No, it's just that the ads are they penetrate literally. And they're very, it's a very stark, it's very simplistic uh, marketing strategy. It's just like the name Roman and monochromatic. Yeah, I see it now. It's a digital clinic f- uh, for men. They do. They have a thing for premature ejaculation. You didn't. You just told me they were all about the the D. Although I, I guess that is yeah. in the category. You know what have been. You know what the full name of this business is? Roman Polanski. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, how it works. They have the whole thing about it. Uh, you, put the pill down, you put the pill in the dick hole and then you <laughs> pour a glass of water down there to wash it down. Right? Is that, is that... <laughs> this is huge. Yeah, we could. Let me. I'll shoot him an email tonight. <laughs> I said, we just did, just did Geronimo. You know, you guys missed that, but we, you, we are coming up on mortal instruments. So <laughs> you might want to get in on this. I don't like being a pioneer. It's something that's right. it's a heavy crown to wear. But by doing this episode, we are asking for it. What do you mean? I mean, just I mean, we're breaking through barriers hardcore right now. I mean, screaming through the the demand and the it's like first mm-hmm. first across the finish line. Us, you know, I didn't understand. I, I thought you wanted to do this for Jason Patrick. You, you know, we're doing a Jason Patrick movie every fifty, right? That's that's for for some reason that's what we saddle ourselves with. Um, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I thought you did this movie because of Jason Patrick was in it, but I saw a list of number one COVID movies to watch, and this was this was top five. This is <laughs> this is a huge one during COVID. People were mainlining this during the pandemic. So now I get it, man. You got a little bit of uh, pod smarts. Yeah, you know? I was at the uh, one of the coffee shops I like to go to is right next to the unemployment office, and yeah. uh, I saw a guy looked a little down on his luck when I was getting my coffee. I said, "Hey, man, what's up?" He goes, "I lost my job." It's like, "Well, let me get your coffee." And I was like, man, you're dre- you look like a you're dressed really well. I mean, what's your background? Because I was in the entertainment industry. I'm like, well, so was I. I was in there for a while. I said, what? what? I said, I'm sorry. I mean, you shouldn't be in Georgia if you want to be in the entertainment industry. You got to go out west. He's like, well, I was out west, couldn't afford it. Thanks. Uh, long story short, uh, he was in charge of uh, programming at Stars, and uh, he spent uh, eleven hundred dollars on getting the rights to stream Geronimo. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah, so he's done. Yeah, he took a shot, you know. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is streaming on stars. I never did this before on the app, but I clicked it and it fell off. The little the little uh, the icon little thumbnail. Yeah. yeah. It fell it fell off. It fell and it did a crashing sound, which I thought was yeah. Was odd. It was weird because yeah. an amber alert appeared on my phone when you clicked on it. Uh said your friend Justin is in peril. Uh please <laughs> notify a hotline of some sort. <laughs> why did you pick this one because there are there are plenty of jason patrick movies out there what what was it about geronimo you just wanted to watch it again no i this was my first time watching it no i didn't want to watch it <laughs> and, and i love the fact that uh considering the background and 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 the, and the fandom that we that we t- typically live inside i love the idea that our first walter hill and john milio's film is this their best their best known walter hill so yeah is he now walter hill and john millius are still around and walter hill's still working he's still directing right to some he's extent he just had something recent he just had something yeah he's got he's got another western coming with somebody good he just hired somebody like yesterday for something are you serious yeah I just, it was in the trades yesterday i believe so he has a like a some sort of a western but you think about walter hill what do you what do you think about you think about the warriors what do you think about 48 hours I mean, he was, yeah, he was involved in the writing of that. But as far as as a director. Mm-hmm. Did he do Red Dawn, by the way? Uh, Milius 
wrote Red Dawn. He didn't direct it, right? And Amelius wrote. It. I mean, he did Southern Comfort, so that's, that's not that's not our first. Then all right, good. And we, you know, he did. I think his big ones that people remember him for Johnny Handsome. Love, love Johnny uh, Handsome. Brewster's Millions, S Man Standing. Yeah, he just hired Christoph Waltz. Waltz Willem Dafoe. Bullet to the head too. So he, yeah, and he did the assignment, which I never saw. It's a few years old now. That people it was kind of controversial. Oh, that's a big cast for his new one. By the way, what's wh- your favorite uh, Walter Hill? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Forty-eight hours by far. I love that movie to death. I could all. I, I, I used to know every single line of dialogue in forty-eight hours. And there's some bad. Ones. I like um, the movie Trespass that he did that I haven't seen for a while. I hated that movie. That was filmed in Atlanta. Did you hate it. I was going to film school when they were making that. Yeah. I hate I think that. I didn't movie. like it. And then I liked it because I kept seeing it all the time. Well, why didn't you like it? Because it was supposed to be better than it was. Yeah, it was a shit. And, and I was so excited because William Sadler was the star of a movie. You know, mm. it's like, wow, finally getting his just desserts and there was dog food. Um, oh, Paxton. I love me some Pax. But let me see here. By the way, I think we. That'd be a perfect movie to do on the show, by the way. Trespass? No, Free Jack, yeah. maybe, but not Trespass. Um, by the way, we are committed. We're supposed to be doing Deep Blue Sea and Shoot to Kill as our next two episodes, and Firewall as our next three episodes. Really? Are we really committed to that? Well, that's what we, if we're going back to sticking to our guns, those are the three we're fine. All right. But I, I would like to do Mortal Instruments soon. Nobody has ever said that. So tell me uh, your relationship with Hieronimo. Don't have any. With the movie? Yeah, I didn't see it. I, you know, this movie was a disappointment when it came out, and I think financially, certainly, wasn't a big box office draw. So I, I just didn't step to theater whenever it came out. How about you? You didn't see it either, somehow. No, and you used to see every movie. So it's a disappointment. It was a disappointment when it came out, and it's been a disappointment every day since. <laughs> uh, when did it come out? Let's 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 zoom in this hard. It's like what two thousand and twenty? You know, year. Let's guess the year. I'm gonna say. Uh, hold on. Ninety three. Now Matt Damon's in it. I'm gonna so say ninety. 93 is a good guess. I'm going to say 95. No. 93. Wow. It's 93. Wow. Yeah. So this is Jason Patrick. He's he's top build here. Let's see when it hits in his career. So like it's after, he had just done Rush. Yeah, he done did Rush, which was great. He had done um, uh, Lost Boys. He had done Solar Babies. That's his first movie, Solar Babies. But Lost Boys, that's, you know, he was in Lost Boys. And it, he had then. When did After Dark My Sweet come? Before this. So that came in 1990. But he had tried to shake his heartthrob image. Remember, he wouldn't, he wouldn't capitalize on that. So it, this is his period where he's trying to do serious work. And he not you know pretty boy work. Mission accomplished. Yeah, he got real picky, and then around ninety six, he's like, I, I need some money. I'm gonna do a little speed two cruise control. Let me get involved in Kiefer's personal life a little bit. Was he all up in Julie Roberts' business? I can't remember this. Yeah, isn't that what happened? Yeah, and then she married Lyle Lovett as a survival grasping for straws. Man, those crazy kids. Anyway, so what about you? You you didn't see it in the theater either. No, so uh, no. I avoided it like the goddamn plague. And you, what you weren't a huge Jason Patrick fan until your friends and neighbors, right? That was kind of what that's where I, I started to take him more seriously. But I loved him in Lost Boys. I loved mm-hmm. Rush. I think Rush came before that. Yeah, Rush Limbaugh, right? Yeah. No, I've always liked him. I've always liked him. But I, your friends and neighbors is where I took him more seriously as an actor. But this one, I, I think it's because I'm not a fan of these kind of movies typically. It's partially because it's either either being disrespectful or. Uh, towards Native Americans, or it's turning them into golden people that are uh, perfect. And 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 it, right. you know, there's very rarely does a film actually try to 
tell a, a good story that doesn't interfere with that. That's why like Little Big Man was one of those movies I grew up with. I love that one. And Dance with Wolves is great. I don't, I'm not usually, Last Mohicans go fuck itself. Why don't you like that movie? I think it's pretty good. I hate it. I hate it. I don't like, like, I don't like the story Day. and I, I hate Daniel Day in it. I really do. Um, Madeline Stowe? Not in that. You take her out of steak. Studi- in that, right? Less studio in that. Yep. And that may have been his big breakthrough. That was, he was a baddie in that, I think. He was a tough, tough ombre in that. He looks great. But no, anyhow. He's, a, he's on Twitter, by the way. West Studi. Really? And he and he just was in Reservation Dogs. Have you seen any of that episode? People are raving any about of those it. Shows? Yeah. Any, I'm sorry, any of those episodes on Hulu? Yeah, he's always been good, I think. And, you know, he he uh, has the title role here. Um, but really, it's, it is kind of, he is kind of, I believe, the second star in this movie. But he gets, uh, he gets an and in the cast list. And they, 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 they kind of put out all the the white guys first. So we get this is this is the 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 order of the cast. We get Jason Patrick, Matt Damon in this. He's not second build. I don't think he is. No. Gene Hackman, Robert Duvall, MC Ganey. Uh, then, I think Matt Damon is does get it listed before old West Studio though. Yeah, but he's he's the last of the main cast listed because he was one- last of the white last of the white eyes. You got a little Steve McHattie in this. Did you say that? I didn't. I, I was talking about MC Ganey, um, Kevin Tiggy. And why don't you talk about what this movie is about? It's about American legend named Geronimo. He is uh, the leader of an Apache outfit amidst the very tail end of the um, the Wild West, uh, the Cowboys and Indians, for lack of a better term, that whole era where, where they were starting to get cold into these camps, into these, I guess they called them reservations, but it was it was much more like a camp that was not idealistic. You know, white man was taking over, man. It's really at a weird spot because... It's trying to make, it's trying to tell a story completely in shades of gray and really not accomplishing a lot with it. Because Geronimo um, is not, he's not a victim necessarily the way that they portray him in this. And most of the soldiers aren't exactly uh, of the finest cloth either in this. I think the movie certainly favors him and Jason Patrick. I think those those are the two kind of righteous people in this movie. And Matt Damon too, right? Who, who do you say, who do you say in addition to Jason Patrick, Hackman? Uh, no, Geronimo... Jason Patrick, you know, Western. And then I think, and Jason Patrick plays Charles Gatewood. What, did you like that name? Gatewood. Sounds like a hotel chain. Yeah. He's a cavalry, cavalry lieutenant. Anyway, so, but yeah, I mean, even Hackman's th- sympathetic because he like because that's the thing, Jason Pat, they've been rounding up, you know, Native American uh, folks and, and like Nick said, put him in, putting them in camps. And Geronimo is a holdout. Like he's kind of this, you know, this warrior that refuses to be retired, mm-hmm. so to speak. And, and, um, you know, Gene Hackman has a lot of respect for his character, has a lot of respect for him. And Jason Patrick uh, does as well. He has a lot of respect for Native Americans. Yeah, he's, um, he's they, they, he is also respected by them. Yeah, he becomes respected by Geronimo because he knows the language and he treats them sort of fairly, still trying to round them up. <laughs> but I mean, he's nice to him. And then he's got little Matt Damon, little Matty D, kind of new to the, to the Calvary, helping out, you know, just being a little sidekick sweetie pie. <laughs> He is you the know. audience's avatar in this thing, and he is uh, a wide, he he, a wide-eyed, young, uh, idealistic little chap. And he is also um, he gets to narrate the film a la Rounders, right? Like it's kind of the same laid-back Matt Damon narration we're used to. He narrated uh, the Rainmaker as well. I think he was a little bit more successful with those two. By the way, he mm-hmm. wasn't ready for prime time in this one. He's baby. He's a baby in this. Yeah, he is. Can't there are times where he looks like a, like a freaking elf in this movie. <laughs> Damon's always had like a little elfin thing going on. He's flat out 17 dexterity max in this movie completely. He didn't, he didn't, um, he didn't have his, his born uh, physique on yet. He didn't, 
He does. He have his freshly born physique on right now. <laughs> Matt Damon, man, turned himself into an action star. Sick of playing second banana to the likes of Jason Patrick. Anyway, so, uh, you know, I'd mentioned Robert Duvall. He plays a cantankerous kind of wizened cavalry man, I guess, somebody. And then he's been, at one point, they reveal that he's been shot and stabbed 17 times. Yeah, or he has a lot of wounds. I think some of these guys date back to the Civil War, too, right? Uh, Isn't there some discussion in the film about past battles and whatnot. He's no fan of the Native Americans, as he says. He's got less sympathy, but by the end of the movie, he does have a little bit of sympathy. He also delivers a super zoom in this film that makes the film worthwhile. We'll get there. All right, so how's the movie kick off, Nick? Rounding up, looking for Jerron. Don't find find Jerron, though. They're looking for him, though. And early in the movie, yeah, so Jason Patrick gets tasked with with tracking down Jerron. He gets a lead. They go see him. I think a medicine man or something. And he and he's he's saying this. Geronimo's going to be. He what they're you know. Geronimo has agreed to surrender. That's what they're doing. He has agreed to surrender. Jason Patrick and Matt Damon are there to take him to you know into custody, so to speak, right? But then this guy is like, look, he's going to be coming in on a white horse here. Matt Matt Damon doesn't believe it because it's a vision. They bet they bet some serious heat on that. And they bet they bet on this horse. They bet on horse color. Is it five dollars or a dollar? Five dollars, and Matt Damon gets bold about it. He's like, "You think I'm gonna bet that's a white horse just because some guy like dreamed it up?" Well, that's the name no of the way, medicine man. man is the dreamer. That's what they call him. The dreamer. Is that what his name is? So he's like, "Hell no, I'm not." And you know, in movie speak, that means hell yeah, I can't wait to lose this bet the next day, right? Because because they hired a white horse for this movie. Well, and the reality of it is, is uh, somebody made a pretty strong decision about an accent. In this movie, and that, that and Jason Patrick, yeah, a little southern accent that he's chewing around in his mouth like a oversalted piece of pork. He's got a soft voice, Jason Patrick too. He's always kind of got that. I don't know how to put it, but he's got a very soft voice. So with that combined with this accent, it's not too bad. It's but not. He's too kind bad. of kind of whispery dude. And uh, anyway, so then the next day, Geronimo arrives, and lo and behold, it's a piss yellow horse. <laughs> Matt David pockets five dollars. No, 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 no. What? Uh, and you know it's funny. Did you see the bloop? You did see the bloopers though when he did he did ride in on a black horse by mistake, um, West Duty. And no, I, I saw the one where he came in on a rainbow unicorn. <laughs> West Duty's and he's he's uh, yeah. West Duty one the one thing he he got the job because his ad- audition was so good. He had an agent, but and he had uh, he was Native American. Yeah, no, he was he was so good. But the one thing that the one caveat, the one thing that gave him pause, and they decided to go ahead with him anyway. Scared of horses, terrified, won't sit on them. <laughs> Yeah. It's all the horses under him in this movie are CGI. <laughs> That's why they invented Remember? CGI, yeah. So if you watch this movie closely, you'll see like all the horses look like they're Minecraft. <laughs> looking <laughs> you, you are presenting a better movie. <laughs> Um, and that's why in, the, in the, some movies, when a horse gets near, you hear Wes uh, Studio's terrified scream. <laughs> he known for being a crack up on the set, Wes Studio. Cannot be on set without making everybody laugh. Just a raucous individual, constantly playing practical jokes. Joy buzzer, Chinese finger torture, poo-poo platters. I mean, I mean <laughs> whoopee cushions under the horse. He, he put a whoopee cushion under every saddle. Uh <laughs> Did he? Oh man, did it drive Walter Hill, Hill crazy? Well, he had, he he cool had his it? assistant do it because he was scared, obviously. Do you know where he studied acting? Do you have any idea where? I used to collect every single soundtrack that Ry Cooter did until this one. This one's this one's this one's rough. It's rough. Sounds like someone's uh, someone's blowing into a conch shell or whatever the whole time. Is that how you say that? Conk, I never know. Conch. 
conch. Yeah, yeah. conch. Why do, it's spelled conch though, right? Yeah. It does it's pretty bad. So you don't have the soundtrack. No, it's really awful. But you think about he did uh what he did, Crossroads. That was his big one. God, he did like a handful. There was a period where he was doing a lot of jazzy blues type things. I think he did kit did he do Kiss of Death? He did something Is he still still? I don't know. How's what's he up to lately? How's his COVID? Do you know? How's his cooter? All right, cooter, that's a cool name. Seventy four years young. Still throwing Still it. Still kicking it. That's good. And the first thing that people ask, uh, according to Google, is does Ry Cooter have a glass eye? Let me see. Yeah, he has a glass eye. That's very strange. Yeah, so I, I mean, he. I'm going to see if he's still killing it on the IMDb, but go ahead. He, he's a musician. I don't know if he's oh, a man. He does, he does, he does about all of Paul Walter Hill's stuff. Does a lot of it. Does he? He did Southern Comfort. Did Crossroads, Cocktail, Johnny Handsome, Trespass, Hieronimo. Yeah, he's still killing it out there. I wonder. He's he's done a lot of movies. Let me see here. Composer. Last one he did was uh, Grand Trip as a documentary. So he's still doing stuff. He's still out there. Don't worry, guys. He did My Blueberry Nights, which is a huge movie that people still talk about a lot. Huge movie. He, My Blueberry Nights. You you saw that one? Yeah. He did The Cooter of Money. Yeah, they call him Coods. Anyways, new man. So let's get back to the movie. We're just dipping our toes so far. Geronimo shows up. Distant relative of Bourbon Cooter. And, you know, Matt Damon's a little scared. He's like, you know, what are these guys going to do? We don't have a lot of people here. They're going to. And Patrick's like, I got this. I'm going to charm them. I'm going to charm this legend with my beautiful prairie face. <laughs> and um, he does. They hit it off. You know, it's like you know, at one point, Geronimo's like kind of thinks he's their besties a little bit. He trusts them. And, um, and he brings them back. He brings them back to Hackman, who's, who's thrilled to see Geronimo. And he's like, thanks for surrendering. This is going to be good. What you've just done, the the last holdout of the Apaches here, um, it's going to be beautiful. I'm going to sit you on this reservation. You're going to farm. Uh, you're going to go against everything that you've built, everything that you uh, believe in. Yeah. And you're going to farm. And We're going to have you make inconsequential like, corn. You know, they, they make a and big Dr- corn. I was like, well, we can drink, right? We can we can at least throw back some drinks. And Hack was like, not so fast. Anyway, so Matt Damon gets put in charge of this little encampment that Geronimo's there. He wants, Geronimo wants Patrick to be like the kind of camp counselor, but Matt Damon has to put the whistle on. Anyway, I noticed this, I have a quick zoom for us here. Mm-hmm. They show a lot of uh, bread being set on tables in this. It's a big thing in this movie. Either their bread's on the table already when they're eating, just a big honking thing of bread, or somebody, they're eating someone, hey, here's bread. Here's some bread. Didn't notice it once. So I'd zoom in, you know, get the conversation starting, so to speak. <laughs> a lot of places to go from there. Do you like a loaf of bread with your meal, Nick? <laughs> like a big old thing of soda bread or something? Oh, don't even talk about no soda bread, no. Mm-hmm. We haven't done any of his films either. But, uh, man, bread. Go light on it, guys. Go light on it. <laughs> zoom in. Jason Patrick does a very impressive horse stunt early on in this movie. He did. It's not quite early on. It's it's after Geronimo. He leaves. He decides, mm-hmm. I'm out. Uh, mm-hmm. You're going to come get me if you want me. And that's when a small group is detached to go out. And the, the core of this. Skipping quite a bit of stuff. <laughs> Skipping right through about 40 minutes of movie here. That's fine. I don't mind. That's where my my notes go I mean, from. Good, music by Ry Cooter. It's a pretty impressive just, horse stunt. Let me just catch you up. Because I was real quick. I was uh, having. I guess I wasn't noticing the bread like you were. I should have watched the bread there's, more. There's a medicine man that says, "Look, the, the chiefs are going to arise from the dead and lead us to fight against the the white men yeah. and take our land back." And Geronimo, Geronimo's like, "I'm listening." What? <laughs> 
sounds good to me. It's boring here. And um, they go to see this medicine man, but so does the government. And he, the medicine man is defiant and he decides to pick a rock up. And so they destroy him. They kill him. It's awful. And then it starts a, a fight between, you know, the Native Americans and, and the United States government. And, you know, the big thing in this movie is a lot of times the government has Apaches or people working for them to translate. And so they're looked at by their own people as kind of turncoats, mm-hmm. as traitors. And in this scene, when this fight breaks out, West Studi looks at the translator after the medicine man is killed and he's like, where's your heart? And the guy's like, all right. And he he shoots the guy next to him in the head. And that sets off this big battle. Anyway, you're right. Geronimo gets away. Can I ask you and- a, a real simple question? Mm-hmm. Uh, how many times, let's count on one hand, how many times in history, man, in mankind's history, have uh, the spirits of the elders returned to fight? How many times? Has, gone for it. And how many times has uh, anybody's um, uh, God come back on his horse and said, let's do this? Uh, one thing I did notice is that there was a lot of God talk in this, and Geronimo at, at the end of the movie is kind of losing faith at the end of the movie, and he's like, maybe this God stuff ain't all it's cracked up to be because we're getting hammered constantly by pieces of shit, <laughs> and they win it. Um, so anyway, so you're right. So then this movie, Jason Patrick's on the hunt. They're looking for Geron, and um, they come up against some some other Native American folks. This one guy, doesn't he challenge Patrick? Like he breaks off from the group. Yeah. They, from- so they're going to, they basically each send out a uh, emissary to meet in the middle of a field. Like, like they're playing Stratego or something. That guy's cocky as nut, super cocky mm-hmm. swagger for days, puffing up his right. chest, doing all sorts of stuff to impress the locals. Jason Patrick's there. Look, look, I'm, I'm, have you seen these eyes? Have you seen these cheekbones? Mm-hmm. I don't need to say a word. And the guy decides he's going to try to kill him. Yeah, and he comes uh, running at him, or you know, galloping at him, shooting at him, and Patrick doesn't move. And then all of a sudden, he does. What does he do? You describe this. Well, well, no, this for, well he pulls his he pulls his horse to the ground, and he's hiding behind his horse to mm-hmm. shoot. You know, they're shooting at each other, and he's using the horse as a as a horse a horsey shield. How do you mm-hmm. if you're holding a human? It's called a human shield. Mm-hmm. If you're holding a horse, is it a horse? It's just a horse shield, right? A horsey shield. I like the first thing you said. Horsey shield. It's like a horse. It's like a force yeah. field, but it's a horse shield, right? And he, um, he lives. He shoots the dickens out of that guy. I think it's a one shot too, and he shoots a guy in the chest. The, the guy's chest explodes big time. Doesn't live, and then Patrick. Then the horse tries to get back up. No. Doesn't let it, and then he. The horse gets up and he he's on top of it like he's already on in the saddle like it's like a very he, he rises with it so basically he, yeah. he gives it like a, a head jerk and it knows to rise and as it gets up he just slips his leg out and it just carries him to the air that's a legit stunt that's not a Hollywood mm-hmm. uh, son of Jason you know of uh, Jason Miller stunt that's a legit stunt not a nephew yeah, of sure Jackie Gleason stunt I'm sure he thought he'd look cool during it and then it's memorable and he does look cool but I mean come on. A little unnecessary, Jason Patrick. You know, let me get my horse done in on this part. Is that cool? Yeah, we 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 get it. Kept me from turning the damn thing off. I got news for this Native American guy that gets shot by Jason Patrick. I got a little lesson, okay. even though he's dead. Mm-hmm. Don't shoot a butte. Don't shoot a butte, Nick. <laughs> he tried to shoot a handsome. Can't do it. Don't do it. Because what happened? He got shot by the butte. <laughs> he does. So we missed this whole part too when Jason Patrick's bonding with West Studi, uh, with uh, Geronimo, and they these guys are in hot pursuit, right? Uh, at the beginning of the movie, these guys 
Yeah, Jason Patrick's trying to escort them back, Geronimo back to where he's supposed to be. But there's a, there's a there's a guy in town, a sheriff in town. He hates Geronimo and he wants to kill him. And so they come to kill him, and they're hiding in the in the foothills, and they bond because Geronimo. Wait, who? Geronimo. I, I don't remember him bonding with somebody. No, Jason Patrick and Geronimo bond, and so or uh, it basically he's like, I'm going to scare these guys. I'm going to scare this posse when he shoots a jug at a long distance. Remember, Geronimo shoots a jug. Then he covets Jason Patrick's long glass. Oh, I, lo- I do. And they trade. He trades it for a blue stone. He and he makes a joke. Mm-hmm. He makes a joke that he that he was aiming for his head. He is, yeah, yeah. Because Jason Patrick's like, I can't let you kill these guys, but he doesn't. He just shoots the jug anyway. But they have a nice bonding moment, and that's the thing that kind of comes up in this movie is that things are kind of going bad for Geronimo, and he's like, I gave you blue stone. I gave you this blue stone, my man. That's a big thing for me to have done. And Jason Patrick's like, it's like a fucking trinket. It looks dumb to me. You know, what is this turquoise? I can get that at any freaking country and Western shop. I gave you my long glass, you know, anyway, speaking of Roman, we get to see MC Ganey show up for a a while in this film. This is obviously one of his earlier roles, but it's still good to see him. Has he ever aged? He looks exactly the same in this. (laughs) He's always been MC Ganey. Wild facial hair, huge. Must be a very tall dude. But yeah, he uh, he's rounded up by the Adronimo's crew, and they're going to be executed. All his all his folks, all his, all his men. MC Ganey defiant, and so Geronimo and his crew shoot all of them, everybody but him. And uh, Geronimo says, "You're a fool, but you're, at least you're brave." You know, and then he leaves him alive. But when he's never seen again in the film, he has 16 seconds of screen time in this movie. It seems. And he shot next to somebody famous too, or it's also famous. It's in a lot of movies. It wasn't. Wild, it wasn't like, William Parks, was it? No, it's like a big-haired actor is in a lot of stuff. Big-haired? I think he was in. Yeah, he's. I think big-haired. He was in Thirty Days of Night. I'm trying to think. He's in everything. Was it Peter Jason? No. Danny no. Houston? No. no. He's like a character. He's in a ton of stuff. I'm going to tell you his name, and but he's got. He's always got big hair. Always bearded. Not Josh Hartnett. Not Melissa George. Uh, Mark Boone, Mark Boone Jr. Oh, he's in that. I didn't catch him. He's one of I my favorites. Next, I think he might have been next. To he's one of my favorites. He's had some troubles in his life, but he's a good. He's good. Why? Why do you say that? He he was in jail. He got in trouble for some shit. He is drama. He's in. He played afraid minor. That's his character. I think that's what he went to jail for. He was in jail, huh? Afraid minor. Oh, God. I'm gonna tell you something about the prairie. I, I went out there on a family trip when I was young. Went to to. Uh, North Dakota, South Dakota, went to, saw the Devil's Tower. You ever been out that way? Is the Close Encounters thing? No. Anyway, there are a lot of prairie out that way. And I saw popping out of the ground, I saw prairie dogs. You ever see a prairie dog? No. Not in person. Yeah, it was cool. But uh, there used to be a film critic called Prairie Miller that I met, so. Close. Prairie dogs, like, that's something you don't see out here. They're adorable. What are they? They're very cute. They're, they're uh, rodents that come out of the ground. They're like, I guess, related to squirrels and related to groundhogs somewhere in there. Do they ever infest a house out that way? Do you get like a prairie dog infestation mm-hmm. or anything? Yeah. You do. You know this? Yeah. Big time. Yeah. They pop out of holes. I yeah, maybe, maybe the inspiration you're thinking away for whack-a-moles because the, they actually do pop out of the holes. They kind of pop out real yeah. quick, peek around, dart back in. I guess moles do that. I zoom in. So Why t- not so- whack a prairie dog? You know, it's so funny because whenever a Jehovah's Witness comes to my door, before I slam it on their face, I said, "You're getting a little prairie, dog." Boom, getting a little prairie <laughs> with me. So you do let them talk for a while, so you can yeah. say that line. Yeah. So 
they basically recruit Mr. Robert Duvall to be part of this crew. So it's you got Damon, you got Patrick, you got Duvall, you got the Indian Scout, you got a whole group of guys going out there. It's, it's your it's the the beloved you know cadre of characters you're so excited about that John Milius mm-hmm. has written the dick out of, and that Walter Hill is directing the living snizzle shit out of. You know you're having a great old time. It's just a party on wheels. We mentioned Duvall's pedigree here. He's been shot a lot. They said by bullets and arrows over 17 times. He's like a regular 50 cent. You know, in this movie. Well, and, adjusted uh, for inflation. No wor- no worse for the wear. He's still Robert Duvall. He's still charismatic. And um, as you pointed out, darting his tongue around when he's talking, when he's acting. <laughs> he's yeah, he, yeah, he's, he's still always, up there. You know that, right? Yeah, he's, he's still killing it. Yeah, he married that yeah. younger lady from Assassination Tango. He's always chewing an imaginary something or other in his mouth. That's like the thing I noticed when... You know who else does it? There's another actor. Uh, Brian Dennehy used to do it, too, where they would yeah. chew like this imaginary thing in their mouth. Uh, when they're not talking, and it, right. it just gave, it made, I guess, I guess it gave him something to do, get command the screen or whatever. But it works. But there's a scene where Duvall, because you know he's he's sort of racist. He's in, at the beginning of the film. He's sort of small minded. He fought for the other side in the war, but he's kind of he's come around a little bit uh, at this point. He's he he, or at least he's bonding with his with his guys. But he's he's talking about how how different the uh, Apache are to to what to them. And that's when he unfolds this gigantic zoom on Damon. Because he's talking about how they'll, they'll, they'll steal horse and then they'll ride it forever. And then it'll die and they'll eat it and steal another one. He goes, horses are just mobile food. It's a huge zoom. You're right. Is, um, and, and the way he pronounces it and the way it has its own, it's, its own statement, horse just mobile food, which is 100% accurate. What a s- splendid zoom. But also completely demeaning towards the relationship one builds with one's horse. I mean, there's a part of me that feels like an idiot for, for not riding around on a snack all the time. You know, it's like, man, what an ingenious idea is to ride around on a super snack. I like, I just thought it was funny in that scene with Matt Damon, he's telling Matt Damon this and Matt Damon's like, he's like, I bet they're not food. And because I, and, and Duvall says $5 and he's like, all right, you got it. I bet they're not food. And so Duvall gets on his horse and then, and he starts riding and then he takes a, a bite out of his butt and Matt Damon slams another five on the table. God damn, he's right. <laughs> he also unloads this Zoom. He tells Matt Damon, don't let them take you alive because one of the things they like to do with you, strip you. And I'm like, this sounds fine. And then he continued, tie you upside down to a wagon wheel, pour pitch on you and light you on fire. Right. Watch you burn. Yeah. And then Matt Damon said, I bet you $5 <laughs> that they don't do Can that. Can I tell you I was disappointed in that scene? Because he alludes to a handful of different tortures that they do. And in that scene, he tells that one, and then the scene cuts. I thought he was going to go over an entire litany of enlightening destructions that they could provide. And he only shared that one. Well, I think that he was. He probably also said they probably shoot you and, and, and slit your throat and take your scalp and all that stuff. Right. But like he wanted to get to the, the wildest one to scare Matt Damon. Because he's trying to scare Matt Damon, saying, don't get kidnapped by these guys. He's also wrong a little bit, in a way. He's not telling the full story. Okay. You know, he does have a... He does have a... And he ends up... He does... Ha- he is Like you said, he is racist, but he does have a begrudging respect, yeah. uh, in a way, for the for, for these people. And he should. You know, as, as Dramo later says... All the stuff that you're saying that we do, you did to us like a bazillion times worse. And Duvall's like, yeah, well, you got me. And then there was this lazy-ass guy on the couch at the saloon, a complete glutton just sitting there. And, and Duvall's like, that guy is just a immobile food. It's kind of cool. 
So uh, anyway, we didn't mention that Gene Hackman doesn't have a big part in this movie. He is like, he's responsible for Geronimo's surrender. But then when Geronimo escapes, you know, flies the coop, so to speak, Hackman gets basically retired. He gets fired. He's in disgrace. I think he has to give his resignation. And Kevin Tiggy is a tight. Tiggy steps in as a from, Road, from Roadhouse and the Cutting Cards episode of Tales from the Crypt, and he's like, and Hackman's like, I'm looking like Doctor Jones's dad a little bit in this, uh, or Doctor, you know, what I'm saying he, at some point. I got to tell you, he, he I made a huge mistake watching this movie, and it ruined Gene Hackman for me. In it, why? Gene Hackman is one of my top like three actors of all time. Right. And I, I love him so much, but I made a huge mistake watching this movie and then I couldn't look at him. I couldn't handle him. Why? Because I made a mistake of looking at what the real guy looked like that he played and the huge mistake they did by not making Hackman look like that guy. Because <laughs> that guy's beard what? looked like Bozo's hair upside down. He had two <laughs> giant triangles coming out of his face. And it was the most amazing yeah. thing. And if Gene Hackman sure. had worn that facial hair, this movie might be a lot more uh, appreciated. Well, Gene Hackman had one rule for casting directors and directors alike. He's like, I need to look exactly the same in every single movie I make. <laughs> exactly the same. I cannot look different. I have to look the absolute same. He really. And they're like, we got it. You know, what's funny is you're 100% right. Has he ever Does, looked different? He- so has he ever had a different haircut in a movie like i don't think so man he had one look and he wrote it and then when he couldn't do it anymore he retired <laughs> you know when he got that one extra wrinkle or something he's done love that man though gene hackman apparently a just a just a pussycat on the set too everybody loved working with him really no he's a he apparently he's a cantankerous actor but you know very talented i cannot <laughs> believe he's and he wore a hat in, in the french connection author now yeah children's books i bet if you look at his author picture it's not gonna throw you you know what i'm saying <laughs> man that throws me i swear to god that you gotta you gotta look up what that real guy looked like and it's you'd be this movie would be so much more beloved yeah geronimo has a has a big question for everybody that no one can answer what's that why does the white eye want all the land it's a question we're still trying to answer and uh, greed power fear uh, they said that Geronimo, they're out, they're on the run, they're out there eating, living on cactus and rabbits. I, I, is that the key? I would have led with rabbits. The, <laughs> and then whenever they roll up to him, when Jason Patrick finally catches up with Geronimo, they all have bandages around their tongues because they're have been living off cactus, Nick. <laughs> Kevin Tige, Tiggy, Yep. I never remember how to say it, assigns Jason Patrick the task of finding Geronimo and you know bringing him in. And he goes, take all the men. Take every man I got. Now, actually, he tells me he's going to give him 100, and then Patrick demands 300. Patrick demands three. 300. No, he says, I want three. You, you, miss, you, miss, you missed it. He only needs three. Oh. He doesn't want to take a lot of men because he, cause he knows that Geronimo will take that as a threat. And if it's just him, the person that he knows, old Matty D., and then their um their translator. Does that explain why he only brings three people? Yes. <laughs> no. you, were you like, where's that two hundred ninety-seven people? You keep looking around. Where are they hiding those guys? Are they back in town? I thought they uh, ran out of money. Nick, can I zoom in real quick? Yeah. Three. <laughs> I thought he was like being a badass when he was asking him for three hundred. Oh, and if you read it in the actual history, that's exactly what he did. And he, you know, he and he defied kind of defied this guy and this guy didn't like him this lieutenant whoever he is this captain but you know jason patrick goes and he's like i'm gonna find geronimo and bring him in yeah they're going to mexico and he does 
and they got some deal worked out. Like they're gonna spend a couple years in Florida in prison, and then they can go back to Turkey Creek or wherever. Like there's this reservation they have for them. They lied to him. Well, Patrick says Probably he doesn't that. think that we're gonna. He's gonna honor that that promise. Mm-hmm. And Tiggy's like, well, now you get to take two. As they're kind of trying to find Geronimo, they stumble upon this village that's been wiped out. Men, women, and children. Actually, the, some of the men escaped into the into the mountains, but it's just this village, is this this town, this or this camp has been slaughtered. They find out it was mostly white white guys that did this. A white guy posse. Hard to believe. And Patrick crushes a styrofoam cup, and he's like, "Let me find these fucks." And so they they track him down, and they go to a bar, and one Stephen McHattie. Okay, first of all, drop. Yeah, he's fucking amazing in it. Well, Duvall drops in another super zoom what? when uh, they're looking at this camp. They they think that it's Texans that uh, did this that's crime. And then Duvall says, Texans, lowest form of white man there is. Yeah, look, he even says, I think, yeah, he does. What's, you know, super zoom? <laughs> I, you know, to our Texas fans, if we have any, I mean, you guys do, this doesn't apply to you, but it certainly applies to some in Texas. Now we're saying that as Georgians, mm-hmm. it's got to be a close two. Did, did you like the Elvis Costello song they dropped into the middle of this? I missed it. Geronimo, Geronimo, Geronimo. I, I missed like, it. I missed it. Do you suppose a win? That was pretty good. They just rewrote Veronica for it. And I got to say, it was a huge hit. Sold a lot of soundtracks. Ray Cooter was pissed. Yeah. They shoved that into his, his score. So anyway, they confront McCaddy at this bar, and he's being a complete dick, and he's amazing at it. He's super threatening, wisecracking asshole, and he actually takes their translator at gunpoint to sit beside him at this bar to have a drink, mm-hmm. and everything escalates. He's being, you know, McCaddy's being cocky. He's talking shit, and Jason Patrick drills a bullet through his heart, and there's a big gunfight that breaks out, and all the this posse get gets killed and and Duvall gets mortally wounded. His I wrote his name down. We didn't say his name yet. His name is Al Sieber. Yeah. In, in real life, this is a real life guy. He was not killed in this bar fight. <laughs> but they decided to kill him here. In real life, he was crushed by a boulder, believe it or not. <laughs> that would have been so cinematic. How do they not so do it? He died a while after this. Oh, I thought it was like, in the he, bar. Is, and so, you know, he they said by the way, they lowballed it. In real life he had been like shot and stabbed 27 times and then he got i mean that's what what whenever you now why are you drinking almost, under that boulder what i'm saying is what other way is there to go out when you've had that rough of a life there needs something needs to be like the the final blow like that you can't come back from right and he got crushed by a boulder so good poor guy yeah but anyway in this movie he dies and he's got some last words he said uh <sighs> he says i can't believe i'm I'm killed by you know these right. He says his last words are rotten sons of bitches. I wrote that down myself. Those are great last words. Yeah. So be- before that, there is a scene where Geronimo is standing on a mountaintop, kind of checking stuff out, and we see his footwear. Oh, good. Did you see it? I didn't. It is the most comical footwear I've ever seen. It's like he has witch's shoes on. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> it is the it is a. Uh, like a, I'm sure it was a period accurate. Oh yeah, it's it's a shoe that his foot's like this, and then it goes straight up in, in the front. Yeah, it's like an L. Sure. So you cute. Protect your toes. So cute. So cute. Yeah. Do you notice? Uh, Maybe it's, do you notice how uh, they kind of scrimped a little bit on Matt, uh, Matt Damon's beard? 
at times in this film. He starts to do a little grow. He does start to grow a little bit of a beard. And but there's a, lo- there's a lot of inconsistent beard growth in this movie, though. Oh, that's a huge zoom. <laughs> My God. Well, and, you know, one thing in Geronimo is having some visions. He's dreaming of trains. He has these visions, you know, these ominous dreams. Yeah. Um, they were originally going to call this Dreaming of Trains, this movie. Anyway, so what happens? They collect Geronimo. They take him back. Yeah. And, you know, he surrenders Great. for the second time. And um, but then the U.S. Army decide that the government decides to betray all the Native American folks that helped the government do this. Absolutely. And line them up all these and they betray all the all these scouts, all these helpers. And at one point they say, collect their arms. And I was like, oh, my God, this is fucking horrible. This is like Star Wars time, like a million. Collect all they're going to take all these people's arms. Like I got ready. I put it on pause. I ran upstairs and popped some popcorn. Got some Roman woke up my wife it's like you gotta get down here this is gonna this, this is the famous i think de-arming scene that they're gonna do they're gonna slice all these people's arms off yeah and then they just start collecting up the guns i was like fuck never mind yeah i was like pretty harsh though for a minute but yeah it's a bit, huge betrayal they actually put geronimo and co on a train and one of my my favorite line in the whole movie happens let's hear it so they're on a train <laughs> and with this guy the scout that's helped that helped jason patrick and kind of helped they're sitting there and this one guy says to the scout, he says, I will hate you forever. <laughs> and Toronto tries to smooth things over. He's like, all we got is each other right now. We're all in the same boat. But he says it twice, I think. And that's Rodney A. Grant from forever. Dance with Wolves. I believe he played Wind in His Hair. Or is, yeah, Wind in His Hair. Do you remember that movie that, that well? They mocap him for that? Like he just played the wind? And just specific to Costner's hair? What are you talking about? His name was Wind in His Hair. Oh, I thought you were saying he played just the wind that ruffled his hair and he was in a green suit. <laughs> Mary McConaughey stands with the fist. Costumers dance with wolves. Let's zoom in. If you, if, Did you know all that? You're not making this up? No, it's his name. Yeah, no, I know that movie so freaking well, yeah. Stand with, her, with a fist, that, that was her. Yeah, remember because when she was a little kid, she, she, that's, that's, she, was, she was defiant and she did that. If you were, if you were, if you were ingratiated into that kind of a crowd... What kind of name do you think they'd give you? Because you don't, it's it's like it's like a nickname, right? You don't give yourself a nickname. It's given to you. This is uh, something you do. He who zooms in. <laughs> he who slings premature jack juice. <laughs> no, wait, I guess it doesn't have to be he who. I'm sounding like he who walks behind the rose. rose. No, it's got to sound something that rolls off the tongue, you know? Was this Frank taken? <laughs> you, you like walk into the camp and you see me off in the field. You're like, who is that guy? Oh, you're talking about forms allegiance with spiders? There, he's right over there. <laughs> My backup name is Reed's Jugs. <laughs> you know, we, we didn't talk much about West Duty or really anybody performance-wise. I think it's Walter Hill. Okay, so you think you get John Milius, you get Walter Hill. These guys uh-huh. excel at pulp. They excel excel at violence. They excel at combat and swagger and uh, military might and all this kind of stuff. And none of that's here. This, they all, they basically stripped of all of their best tools. And I don't understand if this was a passion project and they just wanted to tell an important story or if it was just an ill-fated mission for all involved. You know, this, uh, obviously the story is more interesting than the movie. And, you know, maybe prime it has to do with the focus. You know, they're telling the story of this Jason Patrick's Gatewood. He's not, he's an interesting guy, but he's not more interesting than Geronimo. And certainly it's, the movie split between those two. Anyway, I don't know why it doesn't necessarily work. You know, Jason Patrick at the end, they retire him in disgrace. 
even though he does exactly what they tell him to do, and he's the one that has the connection with Geronimo and is responsible for his capture, he rides off all moping at the end. They have even his horses hanging its head as he kind of as he kind of mopes and, out of the and scene. Damon over the uh, says basically says he was sent. He was banished to obscurity, basically. So then that leaves Matt Damon, who's a character you care less about. He's the guy that you know he confronts the captain. He's like, "What you're doing to these men is." You know, you lied to them. You're betraying the scouts. He's like, I'm not going to work here anymore. And he and he quits. He resigns. You have my resignation. And then he says, I'm going to go work at the first Foot Locker. That's what he does. He goes, <laughs> he goes to sell shoes. And, I didn't know you um, could say uh, military. I quit. You know, and then they're like, all right. Uh, he quit. He's like, um, and and they they don't they do not protest when he walks out. They're like, I don't think we're going to miss you that much. Plenty of pieces of shit. <laughs> To fill your space. Um, but anyway, yeah, I don't know. I think it's okay. I think it's just kind of has a low pulse and the story is actually very interesting. So I don't know what happened. You know, I mean, they, Walter Hill complained that it's not necessarily his cut of the movie, but I can't imagine that adding back in some footage would change that much. No, you know, it's, and honestly, I don't, I don't know how exciting the story actually is. It is exciting. I mean, it's an interesting story. You don't think so? He said, Def- Geronimo is definitely an interesting figure. And then, you know, what was happening back then? And, you know, the, another thing is that I think it's an it's not a bad movie. I mean, I, I think it's, I don't know, somewhat worth watching. But it's funny how 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 the worm turns, though, because now people be begging to get pushed to Florida to finish out their years. You know, it's like the thing to do. I know, but these guys are in prison. In Florida. I mean, they, you know, you say tomato. They got three square meals a day. What are they complaining about? That's right. Can't farm corn. They never, they were they they ripped out their they ripped their corn production when they're yeah that was rude man. It's like these guys are. It's like your hearts aren't in it, guys. Uneventful. I found it to be uneventful, and, and I love that about it. It's like the whole movie's an event. It's got three of my favorites in it, and it sleepwalks its way across town. Four of my favorites. Wow. Shit. Yeah. I'd like to see. I would have liked to have seen it because I think he did Last Man Standing, Walter Hill. Which I didn't like either, but I, I think it'd be cool if 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 it was a little bit more either Tarantino esque, you know, you know, like where it was basically a, a a pulpy revisionist look at it, or if it was something that was a little bit more uh, edgy. I don't know how accurate this was, and did you find it distracting? Because Geronimo, the whole movie, he keeps escaping, you know, on a, on a, did you, on a skateboard, which was weird. No, he had that silvery flowing shirt, and then every time he would escape, he would drop a smoke bomb and giggle and run away. <laughs> You think that was? I missed that. Yeah, I do miss it too. I must. Mean, I want to watch it again because I missed that. I want a supercut of all those scenes when he's he dives behind a he drops a smoke bomb, and dro- dives behind a bush. I would like a story about a guy that is, keeps escaping and then is having a complete blast doing it. I guess that is is that DiCaprio that movie that he did with Catch uh, Me If You Can. By the way, he it's really not difficult to escape these places apparently because there's no. Nothing really going on. It's more of like a honor system thing, right? You know, right? Uh, you know, give a quarter. You know, you see those that thing of candy at the counter. It's got like lollipops in it. It says leave a quarter. You know, and then there's zero lollipops left, and there's zero quarters. You know, he's like that. Yeah. He's the equivalent of that, Geronimo. I think the the, the big winner is the dreamer in this. I'm thinking, you know, because he he looks weird as hell, and he's batshit nuts, and then he gets shot to death in front of his family. Yeah, he didn't. Too bad his dream didn't involve that. You know, he was out there telling lies about the. You know, I guess it's you know the the spiritual aspect of the Native Americans. They keep showing that in this movie, and at some point, you have to wonder if some of those guys are just 
just improv and like they're just out there like they're super respected and he's like yeah there's gonna be like um like a like a, a, tum- a talking tumbleweed is gonna be rolling through next week and um you know watch for that um gonna be a, a, dri- a light drizzle um, i thought it was cool at the end gonna- though when the credits came up uh they had that little tag it said the united states mistreated the apache nation in retrospect it was an unkind and unjust way to treat these people but we're even we named a helicopter after them I did look up why the, I was like, I asked you why they said Geronimo when they, people jump out of planes, Okay, you know, it's be, I think it's because Geronimo is looked at as like a, obviously a brave warrior. And so then in order to like gather your courage before you do something ridiculous, like jumping out of a plane with a piece of paper hanging off your back, you say Geronimo, you know, have you ever parachuted? No, I've parasailed. Yeah. It's not the same thing as zoom in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm down for it though. Huh? I'm down for it. I would I would do it. Yeah, I made the mistake one time when I did do it. I uh I choked and yelled Gerald McRaney as I jumped out. <laughs> Got close. And then on the way down I said, He was on Major Dad and Deadwood. You know, like as I'm yeah. just trying to tick off his IMDB. And then forgot to pull my chute. Anyway, you could have said Boardwalk Empire too if you wanted to. Is he in that? He was the Colonel, I think his name was in that. Like, no, the, the the Commodore, Commodore. Super Zoom. I never watched a an episode of Boardwalk Empire. It's quite good. So you did skydive though? Never. It's a shame. I wouldn't do it. This guy, my roommate in college tried to get me to do it, and I said, "Why? No, I'm a coward. I won't do it." And he was mad at me actually, and he did it. R.I.P. I, I've, I, I've never, I never, I've never skydived before. Okay. But I, I have had an end dive before. So. <laughs> and by the way, do you remember that in, in return of the swamp thing, the sex scene, he hands her, an, With her he, swamp? He, he hands her an end dive as like the courtship. That's a, I think that's how they have sex. Heather Locklear. Yeah. He hands her an end dive. Yeah. Huh? And that might be an innuendo too. But he does. He gives her an end dive. I'm not making that up. Damn. I'm remembering it she, vividly. She do it. I think she takes a nibble at it, and all of a sudden they're able to copulate. Copulate. Copulate as well. You would have to cope after you did the dirty withhold. Swamp Thing literally did the dirty because that man, and he's a man, you would find dirt in weird places, right? Because he hasn't made of mud and sticks. He's a swamp creature. Uh, awesome. yeah. yeah. But his penis is just complete flesh is that what happens yeah alan moore saw that in the theater i remember it getting sort of good reviews it's very it's jim winorski it's a very goofy very b movie and if i remember right born on the bayou is the opening credit song which i thought was cute but it's a i remember they're both awful movies actually i remember loving the first me too but i watched it all the time on hbo it was on all the it was, time I it watched was because it of it was because of arcane though right it was the villain yeah. creature the villain creature is what i love i love that i love the villain guy who was the actor? louis jordan he, he was amazing in it but then the, they also had that bald actor that showed up in dark man he was in it too yeah, and, and adrian barbeau who was beautiful in that movie she right was, i think she was built like stunning. a yeah a town do swamp things both <laughs> But it was a, it's an awful movie and it's so slow. But I mean, it's Dick Durock. Yeah. Dick Durock, two starring roles, made me so happy. I think he passed away. Swamp Thing is, there was one trait. The one thing I always liked about Swamp Thing is he's, he's loyal. He always, he's always sticks by you. It's incredible. 
Thank you. Geronimo and Swamp Thing. I mean, I think they go together like <laughs> Swamp Thing, an American legend. Uh, Dick Durark died. Yeah. He died in 2009. What happened? How old was he? Uh, he was uh, 72 when he died. It's so funny. His He's, he's such a boring looking guy, yet he was the best swamp creature of all time. Had a great name. He was 6'6", six, six, though. I'm just going to type, re- return the swamp thing, end dive. I think I had a novelization of that. I'm not surprised. No, we'll have to we'll have to deal with that. But I think he gives. I think he she nibbles on an end dive and something good happens. I think Adrian Barbeau. No. He, oh no, Heather Locklear. That's Heather it. Locklear, man. What's she been up to? She sucks. What do you mean? She's never been good in her life. I did have the book. Peter David wrote a novelization of the film. I did have it. I'll be damned. That's where I read about the end dive. So that may be the worst novelization I ever had. Like the most embarrassing. Seriously? Look. You're at a local tattoo parlor, you know, at the corner of Tombstone and Sagebrush and just completely rolling around like a man. And uh, the tribal needle chieftain says, what do you want on your bod, man? Tattoo from this movie do I want? I have a um, a desk. It's on my lower back. I got a desk and there's, there's a casting director sitting there and she's got one roll, a piece of paper with one available part on it for an actor. And it's for a Native American. And there's a long line of people, West Duty and... Graham Green, all the usual suspects, you know? Who are the great guys that they cast for all those roles? Cliff Curtick gets offered those roles sometimes, you know? Okay. Ronnie A. Grant. It's a whole line of these great actors who are better than this, who deserve more. And uh, in the back of the line, it, it is our boy Wes, and he's looking around and he says, Kids, don't forget the Studi. <laughs> I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so do I. That's why you got, you got the whole back devoted to this or just a small portion? Of the lower ass, the lower back ass. At this point, you got a lot of tattoos back there. You kind of just draw all, draw on a tattoo over a tattoo at this point back there. I've got many, like I've, I've like, it's like multiverse of backs. I have, that's the, we have to assume that. Oh, yeah. We have a, but that's right. Yeah. That's what I assume. I just wanted to hear you say it out loud. We have a multiverse of backs, right? That's, that's what I was thinking too. And when I, we do this show, we do the tattoo part. I was in my mind. I'm like, we have all the multiverse of back. It was embarrassing to bring it up, but just to hear you say it, <laughs> it's such a relief, you know, but me, I'm getting like a, there's a table on my, um, my kneecap with a uh, bountiful loaf of bread on it. <laughs> and then I'm going to have uh, yeah, just like right peeking in as you just see Matt Damon's nose. It's just saying, so kind of know he's sitting at the table thinking about eating that bread, you know, old Geronimo bread knee, that famous tattoo. And then, that, and then, and that's why the village, uh, that's why your name in the village is appreciate sunbeam. <laughs> I can't believe I remember the name of that brand. Um, films ended. Credits have rolled, and they've all the CGI artists have scrolled past already. And uh, it's time for a little stinger there at the end of the movie. Can you imagine if this movie had a stinger? <laughs> Everybody be running back into the theater. There's more. Like everybody's kind of hesitant to get up as the credits roll. Yeah, Duvall's like, I'm. I just need some time to sleep. <sighs> What's the stinger? Mine is just a series of montages. Of uh, the the retired Patrick hiking a mile and a half to his mailbox, opening it and shaking his head solemnly, empty. And it's it's just a montage. His his beard just grows and grows and grows and grows. And at the end, he's he's walking back from his mailbox. The beard like he's like you know he's like Billy Gibbons walking back to his house, falls down dead. No mail. Never got any correspondence in the golden era of letter writing. I, I might remark. Right, I know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the whole alphabet and um, multiverse of uh, letters. So mine is Jason Patrick walks his horse, Walter 
back to you know into a stable and give him a, give him a kiss on his nose. Good night, Walt. You know, and um, time for Betty. Time for bed, by baby. You know, says that. Give him a little, give him a little nuzzle, and it's like nose to nose. Mm-hmm. You know? And then Walter's like, they shut the door on him, and Walter just as you know, in that scene when he lays down to protect. You know, he gets laid down by Jason Patrick to protect. He himself just does it. Got a big old huge pillow there. Just lies down, and then he he, he has a little uh, lamp back there. He blows it out with his you know, his nostrils. <laughs> and good night. You know, so he he doesn't just do that in battle. That's how he actually sleeps. I think that'd be the you know perfect. <laughs> it's just the fact that he blows it out with his nostrils. Yeah, che- it cheapens you know, it. You think cheapens so? how cute it is. Yeah, and it's unfortunate. Like a horse can't can't lip blow. I mean, you're doing the right thing. You know, yeah. anatomy is a is a bitch sometimes, man. Earth comes hard at you when you're a horse. <laughs> <laughs> They've greenlit the sequel to Geronimo. Money's hit the hit loads of the bank. The escrow is just spinning around in the chamber, and uh, it's time for you to make it count. Well, how are you going to spend that hard-earned? It's the same guy that got drama on the stars that he greenlit the sequel. <laughs> the guy that you met at the coffee shop or whatever. <laughs> now he's working at the coffee shop, so he did get hired. So He's like, what did you do, man? Well, I thought I convinced everybody to invest in the Geronimo sequel. About his prison days. Yeah, I don't know. What would be a good sequel here? Mine's, mine's a musical called Geronimo Moore. Yeah, and um, it's it's double the action, double the uh, just double the excitement. So it's almost mm-hmm. exciting, and it's you know it's 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 basically he's become sort of like a Confucius amongst his people, where everything he says they just wait with bated breath, and it becomes a slogan that they carry on throughout the rest of their years. Like you know the whole adage of like teach a man to you know take a man to fish, and you know he eats for a day. Teach a man to fish, he'll eat for like at least a week, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's the saying. Yeah, so he's just a sage, man. He's he's super. He's got his. He's all calloused up. Like he's uh he's been sitting on his ass a lot. He's got super bunions everywhere, and he's just sitting around giving out sage advice in a musical fashion. You know, it's just a bunch of hit number, hit number after hit number of, of his of his uh, sayings. Like you know, you know, the weak suck. That's one of his big <laughs> ones. You know, uh, <laughs> if you think winter's cold, you should see my ex. That's one of his other big ones. You know. <laughs> Uh, a ponytail is a piece of a mammal and a hairstyle. It's another big one for him. Mouthful, the title. Huh? Yeah, I got cramps. Is another one. My, I like the the, the showstopper number. My shoes are L shaped. <laughs> You're so bland. I want to change the channel, and the TV's not even coming around for another two hundred years. <laughs> so my sequel, and if you think it's more titles, please chime in because this mine. My sequel idea is going to need a, uh-huh. uh, a little bit of life, but so he—they're in the prison. He's in the prison with his crew. They're—they're they're cooling their heels in this prison. It sucks. And they say, you know what we should do is break out. Let's let's break. Let's prison break this this this. this let's get out of here. So they do. They escape. Geronimo again is out and about, loose into the world in Florida. Jason Patrick gets a telegram. We need you back, baby. Gets his wakes his horse up. Who is uh, on his back with foot in the air, feet in the air, because it sleeps on his back. I don't know if I mentioned that before. It's a really cool trick. Whenever it's sleeping on his back, he lays on on its hoofs, you know, like kind of planks on it, and then he snaps his fingers and he, the horse, as the horse gets up, he somehow does still get in the saddle that way too. So anyway, they go down to Florida, and in about five minutes, he finds Geronimo and he says, "You guys got to surrender." They're like, "Okay, 
So they go back to prison. <laughs> the end. Yeah. Did you not understand? I was trying to paint the picture. You don't understand the planking Jason Patrick on his horse hooves. Yeah. How he gets into the saddle that way. You don't, you can't visualize it or something. I see you rubbing your temples. Are you confused? No. Look, you've been inserted into the running time of Geronimo. You're a character in this thing. What are you going to do? You don't have any idea either? I'm a time traveler. I, I, show, okay. I show up in the midst of the events of Geronimo and uh, disrupt, you know, disrupt a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, I'm a time traveler from the distant past. I'm a Cro-Magnon, and I don't know what the fuck's going on. So I show up, and I see, I see, you know, I see this guy sitting on a horse and I lose my shit. I start dry heaving all over the place. And uh, eventually I challenge, uh, I challenge a painting to a fight and die. (laughs) (laughs) My character is a a town's person in the town that everybody thinks is nuts. Mm -hmm. Cause I haven't been a restaurant where we have just a very few things on the menu. Mm -hmm. We have cooked cactus and raw rabbit. <laughs> that's what we. That's what I do. And uh, ain't I ain't never got a customer until one day Geronimo's crew rolls into town, and I I, I hear I don't even understand the noise of a door opening. <laughs> I don't. I never heard it before in my restaurant, and I get so excited. The fact that you're calling it a noise tells me it's been a while. So I, you know, I they sit at the table. I I, I lovingly serve my my concoction, my my you know my food. And they send that back the rabbit and they say it's overcooked. <laughs> now, this is raw rabbit, right? Mm-hmm. And they say it's overcooked. So I get in a huge fight with Geronimo. They're my first customers of all time. I get legendary in a legendary warrior. Fight. I don't know that he's a legendary warrior. And so the next thing I know, I'm being, I'm naked, stripped, tied to an upside down a wagon wheel. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> Guys, hold on. Maybe I, I did make a mistake. By the way, I like the fact that the Apache have a word for overcooked. Well, Geronimo spoke English. Did That's he not? true. He did. Very good English. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been given uh, the financing to have your own venture, your own business related to Geronimo. What shape does that take? How are you spending that? That's a good question. I have a kiosk at the mall. Mm-hmm. It's called the Geronimo Virtual Experience. And uh, you go in there and you put on all this crazy VR stuff, like all you're decked out. Like you get, you've got, they've got goggles on top of goggles, your entire, you got shoes that are got everything's nuts. You are flying at a high rate of speed through space. You know, you land on a, on a vehicle and all of a sudden you have this laser sword and you're like fighting off other, you know, robots and shit like that. It's really cool. You get to go, you get to fly across a chasm, you get to, you know, fight creatures, all sorts of cool stuff. And, you know, it's like a 30 minute experience. And then you, you, um, you, you, you confront the villain and it's uh, Darth Vader. I'm going to do kind of one of the, my business would be at the beginning of this movie, there's a guy, one of these, like, um, I think he's an Apache, um, maybe the dreamer. I don't know. There's a guy that's trying to sing to locate Geronimo. That's his thing. He's singing. He's singing to locate Geronimo. Do you remember this? Vaguely. And so I w- I'd never heard that before. You sing into the air to locate someone. I'm like, you know, during the movie, I start to think, well, that might be a great business idea. You know, have a company that screw GPS. My my employees will sing into the air to find what you're looking for. Uh, unfortunately, we only have the rights to Smash Mouth All Star. <laughs> and so my my employees will go into the, you know, any time, 24 hours a day, we're open. You you missing a friend? Like you missing your wallet? I don't know what. 
anything. Mm-hmm. Just tell us. And then one of my people just walk, and we don't have cars or anything. We just walk out the door mm-hmm. singing that song, trying to locate. Uh, never had much success. No, you just notice people yeah. going further away, really, most of the time. People do like to hear that song. So, you know, abduction cases, kind of our specialty. Yeah. <laughs> um, for some reason, the police hate us. Never found anybody, but it's, you know, yeah. we do collect a lot of money. Yeah. You know, pay most of it to Smash Mouth, <laughs> unfortunately. That's, that is, that's a scary thing. But we did get, a, the one thing that keep people coming, we got our idea from Geronimo, an American legend. <laughs> that, that keeps the door swinging, Nick. <laughs> I do understand that noise at this business. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember do you remember the name of the uh medicine man in, in Manitou? The good guy? I don't. Singing Rock. That's right, Singing Rock. And I kept when we did the movie, I kept calling him something else. But he's you're singing rock now. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Well, and then, yeah, I mean, I guess All Star is a rock song. It's rock solid. Remember when I saw it in Shrek, I knew this is the best. Look, you're trapped on an island. I'm not. Gathering debris there for thousands of years. Loving every minute mm-hmm. of it. Now we get to take something from Geronimo and American Legend. What are you bringing? That's such a good question. What would I bring here from this movie? They had a checker set that I'm kind of eyeing. That looked pretty cool. Um, That's right. Damon and uh, Patrick played some board games. I wonder if if that was foreshadowing for when I would play blackjack with him. Who? Patrick? Patrick? Yeah, you did. Story that I tell every time was he we nice? talk about him. Was he a nice guy? Yep, he was. Was he talkative? Moderately. Well, Holt McElhaney helped. And were they winning? I was just by being near him, though. I do a lot. I do a lot of. I get a lot of steps in on my island. Lots uh-huh. to do. I got a lot of little projects that I am currently always working on. Always, mm-hmm. always some sort of neat little trinket or whatnot that I'm dealing with. I've got a lot of projects. It's a it's a do it yourself kind of island, you know. And I like to do it myself, you know. So what better way to you know motivate and have some good motility moving around there is then to have the most amazing banger shoes. I It's slowing me down because the drag coefficient's shit ass, but I am traipsing around in those cute little moccasins with the, with the completely turned up toes. I am never tripping. I'm never hitting a corner. I'm sure footed as a soul, just nailing it, you know, and I just get home at the end of the night I take my feet out. I give them a little ointment rub, make sure that there's no battle damage in there. I clean the blood and, and stuff off the shoes that's accumulated over the course of my activities. Wait for tomorrow. I mean, this is practical. This is the first kind of, I mean, not that practical, but is this the first kind of practical thing you've taken to your island? I, I disagree 100%. <laughs> there's a part of the movie that I would take this very tall... Uh, hat one of the scouts had do you remember his, i think his name was dandy jim or something yeah he's hung in this movie he's hanged for a betrayal at that on that fight which is unfortunate but um he has this very tall white hat and i believe they do call him dandy jim i think that is his name so i would take dandy jim's hat and just walk in, you know formally walk across my island just feeling dressed for success i guess it's the ha- it's the hat after the hanging i don't think they hung him in his hat Think that, but he did wear it up. He did wear it up to I that point. He, I think he hands it to that guy. Doesn't oh. he hand it to him right before he gets killed? Yeah. Oh, I think he says, yeah, and he says something about it. Like, get it to my... Give it to the guy yeah, on the island. Awful. Give it to the guy on the island, yeah. Yeah, that's what he says. <laughs> I just, it looks big enough to pull things out of. Certainly, maybe a rabbit, maybe a cactus. Uh, an, an episode of a podcast, it's better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, man. 